0: up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast.
2: Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Cormie Duff and I'll be your host as always. Tonight I'm delighted to be joined by the wonderful Mr. Graham Campbell. Graham, how are you?
3: Good Colin, thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, always a pleasure never a chore. Apologies to the listeners, um, as I know I'm not usually got the voice of Velvet but I've taken it back even more uh, in terms of the, the monotone levels, I'm I'm doing with the old Rona, uh, so bear with me if there's a... Uh, if there's a fat coughing, like Graham's no tell a, a joke. He's not that funny. It's me just trying to catch my breath. So, Graham, um let's kick off. Uh, we we ended last week in a positive note. Um, you had us winning the in the Europa League, even though we got knocked out of the, the Champions League. Since then, things have looked up in the in the footballing department. Anyway, uh, we are five 0 one over the but my week's been ruined. It's been absolutely ruined, and do you know why? Please tell us, Jermaine fucking Defoe. I mean, Rangers are just turning the corner, right? They go and scud Championship team. We're, we're back on the <laughs> we're back on the up, and he has the audacity, the audacity, to go out for dinner in Edinburgh of all places.
3: I saw that. I saw that. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I was utterly astounded. Um, just as I was about to white Mars with the sun, I saw that on the front page. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. Honestly, could not believe it. Astounded. How dare you?
2: And to uh, to openly order the sea bass of all dishes,
3: um, it was quite,
2: quite I was speechless. Um,
3: everyone knows, everyone knows that's more of a meat restaurant, for God's sake. I mean, he really needs to have a look at himself in the mirror. I
2: know, and the fact that a man making those decisions is now part of your coaching staff—it really it doesn't bed well for the for the younger players, does it? It's
3: worrying all round. I really think uh, Gerard will have had a sleepless a sleepless night over this as well.
2: It really does. Obviously, we jest in sport, but <laughs> what what I loved about that um, was <laughs> the headline said Jermaine Defoe spotted. He taken a picture of himself and put it up on Instagram, he wasn't he spotted. <laughs> it was
3: <laughs> that is the that's the kind of got press we're dealing with these days was isn't it? I mean, they can't really work for themselves, so they go on social media and they they post it as if it's as if it's big news. I mean it's embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing. And that's exactly why we're asking gutter press like that to pay money if they want access into our into our ground and, and access to our, to our manager
2: totally. In, in the same week where they ran an absolute complete falsification about Nico he's being told to find a new club on a permanent basis um, it's, it really sums up the, the gutter press as you say it's either non-stories which aren't, aren't true at all or if there is something true it it's not completely irrelevant it's basically the equivalent of me saying okay, the two of my top points for tonight is I've been headhunted by the Harlem Grove Trotters and you've got a 12-inch cock. I mean, At least I'll, one of
3: those things are true.
2: <laughs> Aye, one's true, but it's irrelevant, and I'll leave the listeners to, to work out what one's with. Aye,
3: it was embarrassing, obviously, the Nico Gattage thing. I think I think when that story came out, I I would like to think the majority of Rangers fans probably looked at each other and baffled thinking this can't, this can't really be true, can it? I think we look at our defence and obviously Katic who's been out injured but it'd be pretty cold for us to cut him loose especially with the clear work he's been doing and his physique he looks like an absolute monster I think probably most of us expected him to maybe go out on loan for certainly the first half of the season maybe even the full season so to be hit with a headline like that I can't say I was too surprised when he put his post on Instagram that said the (laughs) contrary.
2: Within 12 hours, the player shooting down the story himself. It's what you love to see. Just on Katic, before we uh, look at the, the most recent games, uh, Katic played for the the B team in the Challenge Cup, but from what I hear, that was just to get minutes. He's not going to spend a full season or any proportion of the season with the B team because it's far too below his level. No disrespect to the Waterland League, but I think you're right. I'd like to see at least half a season... Nico Cartage out and alone playing first team football. Where where would you like to see him going? Would you like to see him in the Scottish Premiership or maybe down south?
3: It's a good question. Actually, I think um some of the some of the original rumours maybe pointed towards one of the lower teams in Serie A or something. I actually think that would be a really good move for him. Um one of the foreign leagues definitely. <laughs> I mean, if he could manage to get himself into the one, one of the top five leagues with a, a kind of lower team I think that would be ideal. I wouldn't really want us to to send him out to another Scottish Premier League team. I don't think... I think he knows the game, so it wouldn't be about that. I guess it's about getting his fitness back. It's not like last season where it may be worth in a favour sending players out and loan to other Scottish Premier League teams in terms of, obviously, they're not playing against us. Maybe eh, Hamper... Uh, Celtic taking their chance last season, whereas this season is completely different. We are very much the front runners. We we have the expectation. So for me, it's actually more more about his development. For me, and I would like to see him uh, maybe go to a foreign league and, and see how he gets on there.
2: I never actually thought outside the box about sending Nico Chabot. Um, I always just assumed he'd be somewhere in Scotland, but that maybe makes sense in terms of where. Catage's main developments have always been it's always been with the ball, isn't it? I mean he's he's great in the air, um maybe a wee bit more to do positionally, um, but he was always helped along with Golson or Hillander, whoever he was playing next to. Um but in fact I'm talking pish you never played next to Hillander. Golson, anyway. Um he but on the ball he was never as comfortable as Gerard and his management team like the centre half to be. Um so that that that'll may maybe be a win win. He goes out, gets match fitness, um, gets eighteen games under his belt for the first six months, but you know, gets exposed to a, a style of play where he has to get comfortable
3: with the ball at his feet and coming out for the back. Absolutely, yeah. But I mean, I guess Goldson does do that in abundance. I mean, Goldson does try to carry the ball um, to an extent, maybe to halfway line before he'll, he'll try his uh, Goldson cross ball that maybe worked last season more than it did um, previous. Sometimes do you need, do you absolutely need to pull centre-backs to have that gift? In essence, could Carthage be told give the ball to Goldson if I want to work from the back? Carthage from the, Carthage from the get-go always seemed to me more of the almost no-nonsense type where he would Put the ball out of the park when when needed. Do you know one of those guys that doesn't actually care where it goes as long as it's away from the goal? But I think since he's injured, and as I alluded to before, like his physique looks maybe almost double what it was. He is a huge, huge defender. Somebody with a massive aerial threat, as we saw even with that header at Celtic Park and Old Firm. Um, and now as I say, he's, he's got that um. Better physique and he's he's quick, he's pacey. I, I really do, really do think uh, he has a chance of of making it at our club and being a defender for years to come. And I really hope that whatever moves he makes this season on loan uh, work out, because I, I really think we'll have a player in our hands. Here's hoping.
2: Um, here's hoping we get the right move, and the i it goes well for him. One bit of advice, don't be spotted out for dinner and don't be odd on the fucking sea bass, Nico. All right? Um, so, as I mentioned earlier, Rangers 5, Dunfermline 0. Uh, I'll run through the lineup quickly, just before we touch on the game again. with McLaughlin in goals. Back 4 of Patterson, Golston, Simpson and Bassey. Midfield 3 of Kamara, Lundsum and Arebo. And a front 3 of Haji, Roof and Wright. So, obviously... Emotions were high after the after exiting the Champions League to Malmo. Quite a bit of debate on who will be going to play. I think me, you, and Graham Curry all predicted that, or said we would have liked to have seen a full strength team. Were you surprised with the amount of changes that were in for Firmin? Yeah, I think so.
3: I think as you've said, the last conversation we had. I think the three of us maybe agreed that we'd maybe want to see more of a uh, more of the same. Maybe thought there would maybe be two, three, four changes at the very most. I think we thought, yeah, um Bassi would definitely come in, uh, maybe a change up front. We weren't really sure if Ruth would be back. Obviously that was a massive bonus that he was and thankfully all seems well there. I think I'd maybe said I'd like to have seen Sakala, but then, yeah, that was announced that he had a wee injury um, and we weren't going to risk him. Um, so there's a few things I think we thought was going to happen. I did, certainly did not expect that amount of changes. I guess the important thing is, we, in hindsight, we made those changes 5-0. None of us are absolutely beating around... Um, getting up to about it or carried away. It was a performance we expect from this Rangers team now and um, it, it was four or five going on eight or nine, let's face it. We did take a foot off the gas a little bit in the second half, but it is pleasing that the strength and depth in our squad, we can make those changes and yes, I noticed them firmly, but still a very comprehensive result.
2: You're right, we we won that game exactly how we expect our Rangers team to go and beat uh, a team for the division below in the early rounds of the Cup. And no disrespect for the family, but that's what we expect every season. And, you know, it's pleasing to see, but by Christ, we we needed that performance because if that was an edgy 1-0, 2-0 win, or we didn't play quite as well we've we we we've all had reasons to be on the the club and the team's back, so I think it would have went really
3: nasty really quickly. Do you know, I think the most important part about it wasn't, or oh, we needed it. I know we talk about momentum, and look, that is absolutely important, but I think the most important part about that was actually meeting the expectations. You've got this fantasy that was pressed by the kind of hateful media or rival and rival fans Of oh, they can't play in front of the fans, and all this utter pish. You had a practical full house at Ibrooks on Friday, and they met the expectation with a really dominant win. Didn't matter who started and who did it as a squad to meet the expectations like that is probably the most important thing. And yes, that will gather momentum within the squad because it's just a reminder well, actually, yeah, you can do. Um, what you think you can do what you're good enough to do and I think listening to McAllister's interview after it um, he kind of touched on that um, and it definitely uh, rang true
2: couple of players I want to touch on before we look ahead obviously um, the the poster boy of the show my man my hero Calvin Bassey he he was phenomenal on Friday night and I'm not going to keep on repeating it. We'll caveat everything we say about this game We I win Austin Ferman, but he, he was terrific. Um what I really what I was really surprised at was the quality of cross balls he put in, Graham. Um it was very uh border barisage s. It was I think was it two assists he got? Um just pinpoint deliveries and it could have been maybe three, four assists he got. I thought he was phenomenal in the left back area.
3: Listen, he was absolutely unbelievable. Um, I think everyone will absolutely agree with that. I do believe, I I thought it was three assists, but uh, you might be right. Um, The quality of ball was unbelievable. I mean, especially for the Hadjigal. But uh, it certainly wasn't a one off. He was firing them in uh, a good few times throughout the match. And I think that it's clear. The we were bringing through some of our players, like Bassey, Patterson, the work they are doing on the training ground, we are looking for them to shadow. Obviously, our best full-backs at the club, Tavernier and Barisic, but you can actually see them looking to mould our game on them. But the, the quality of ball from Bassey really was something else, absolutely outstanding uh, and, and really delighted. Obviously, while talking about Bassey, I'm really keen to just mention Patterson, and I don't know if anyone else felt this. I did feel that kind of uh, maybe that kind of anxious side of his game. I feel like there's he's maybe feeling more pressure this season. If he's coming into it with less game time, I think he's probably feeling more pressure in terms of having to grab the chance when it comes. Now, in his point of view, it's probably not just making the Rangers sports happy, making Stephen Gerrard happy, but now he actually has the national team that he probably wants to get into every squad selection. And I do feel like potentially the pressure showed a bit for Pats. I'm not saying he had a bad game or anything like that. I just don't feel like he had he was playing with that kind of usual freedom. I don't know if anyone else thought that or if it's just something maybe I picked up on, but it's just it's just something I felt out yeah, of the game. You're right.
2: When he did, he did get to the byline a couple of times, but it was a case of when he did, I was like, oh, I, there's Parson again. He didn't do anything wrong. But I, I think potentially a quiet game um, is probably how I'd describe it. Um, not quiet, but very he done the basics, uh, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not really how he's it's it's not really what he's shown uh, previously. He's 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 shown previously that he can muddle his game on TAB, he can be an asset going forward, but it was very much do the basics right. Um I think there's not there's absolutely no doubt that Nathan Patterson is a very, very talented player and if he keeps showing the way he's growing, he'll be, you know, one of the one of the best uh, fullbacks that we we've ever seen uh, in the country. Uh, no, no pressure, nothing. But what what will separate him is how he how he lives up to that pressure. The, I'm not going to make a comparison, but the analogy I'll use is Glenn Middleton. Remember when Glenn Middleton burst onto the scene he was scoring in Europe and he was riding on the, the crest of a wave and it was high and, you know, it was all new and fresh. Once he had made that um kind of example of himself, he's he displayed how, how well he could play. He never really was able to live up to the pressure of the expectation of we know this boy's got ability. We need to expect to see the ability. And I think that's always what separates uh, the good players for the elite players and it will continue to separate those players to the dawn of time. Um and I've I think I've seen enough in Nathan Partson to show that, you know, he does have that, that mental strength, that character like Christ. He was um he, he was on the naughty list for the um for the COVID breach last year and then he first came back he goes and scores. I think uh, there is a bit of bottle and a bit of digger, Um but it may be you know it might be something that he I think I think he'll definitely have to choose really take his chance when he gets it because he'll be few and far between the games this year maybe
3: I think you're you're right to maybe highlight say Clay, middleton there's always a difference between some players who have more natural ability that are going to grow and some who have maybe worked harder for it um and then maybe reach a point where I don't want to say they're at. The peak of their ability, but maybe they're not going to improve as much. And then that's why they'll maybe not make it at your bigger clubs like Rangers. The thing with, that separates Partison for me is watching him. Listen to even, even as early as last season, the way he moves, the way he passes the ball, I feel like he's really mirroring having it. like I, I feel like you can absolutely see the work he's doing in the training ground and you can see the, the mentoring he's, he's getting from Tavern there. I feel like the movement, the way he passes the ball, even to the point of uh, crossing the ball, his game is completely developing um, and he's developing into a really, really special player but I think it's easy for the media to get on it and tell him he needs to move and it's a mistake to stay, watch your game time, don't Sitting the bench, blah blah blah. But he's he's young. He's nineteen years old. It would be an absolute mistake for him to go elsewhere. He could be part of a winning squad for one or two years, and then after that, he could he could be a right back for as long as he wants. Taveniers 29, he, 30, He's not he's not going to be around for forever. So I really think it's the perfect time for a path, actually. Uh, yeah, and I think
2: uh, I think from both the from both the younger fullback performances, I think not just in Friday, but I think over the last year or so, we've definitely got two fullbacks that can challenge. So we'll all agree that Bonabaris and James Tavernier are the best two fullbacks, as you say. But and you're always going to have, you know, your better first eleven, and there'll be a, a drop off. But the idea is that the drop off gets less and less uh, for the replacements. But I think Bassey and Parson will definitely. There's no reason they shouldn't be challenging. I. They might not play every week, but worst case scenario, they they keep Barrisich and near on top of their game, so they can either up a level. And for a fan, that's exactly what you want. I think that's what McLaughlin done for McGregor last year. Um, absolutely made McGregor go to the top of his level because he knew there was a you know there was an upgrade for Wes Fortinum.
3: Yeah, a hundred percent. Absolutely. There, there is nothing nothing at all to fear seeing I mean, obviously from a fan's point of view for us it's great to see these boys pushing in and, and hopefully they can um, push guys like Taveny and Barisic again to the absolute top of their game that's all Gerard wants that's all Gerard ever talks about competition for places without that you've got a a, a stale squad that aren't going to be successful so we need that and I, I do feel like we've got it in a lot of areas of the pitch
2: So, on there, I don't know, a a less positive note, um, Jack Simpson. So, know what I hate, Graham? I absolutely hate when, after one or two games, fans completely write-off players, you So, shout-out to a friend of the pod, Craig McAdam, um, you know, pod legend. He fucking wrote off Jack Simpson. Uh, No, don't he? Don't even think he wrote him off. He just said in the bin, you know, he didn't even give him a full sentence. I think that was early last year. Just said, get something in the bin. And you know, I've really wanted him to do well since. But on on Friday night, I think he I think he gave the ball away maybe seven or eight times uh directly to a defending player. He's used to the ball. I think he just looks so nervy and anxious and unsteady on the ball. And I do hate Rangers. I want every Rangers player to do well because it means Rangers will do well. But I don't know. I, the more I try and see it, the more I'm The less I, I do actually see it in this boy.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
3: Yeah. I think I think the biggest problem with Jack Simpson is that he is getting he's getting compared to other, other backups, right? So first and foremost, we're not looking at Jack Simpson as someone we expected to come in and challenge Goldson and Hollander, right? So immediately we're then comparing them to our other centre backs. So at that point in time we were going right, so Balogan Edmondson, I know Edmondson at that time before he left, was out in loan to Derby anyway. But I think we were all thinking right for the next season. That's what we even though he came in January, he was he was really meant to come in the summer and we were preparing for the next season. So we were comparing him to Edmondson, Balligan, Catech and we're like. So with those three and Hellander and Goldson. Suddenly we had an abundance of centre-backs and I think we were all like, well, Balogun's look good, so I don't think he's better than Balogun. Oh, we all love Catech, yeah, he's injured, but when he comes back, he's not going to be better than him. Edmond's in the fridge, yeah, he's, he's 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 mucked it up and he's went to Derby, but if he comes back, um, people might remember the game he had against Braga, he could be really good. So, I think immediately we compared Simpson to the other backups and we thought, God, this guy's fit or sick. Now, Denny's came in with Kind of less than stellar performances to put it mildly you've absolutely pinpointed that he's given the ball away a few times on Friday it's hard it's hard it, I'm sure it can absolutely take players time to get used to the pace of the game so it must be hard coming in and out of the team playing the odd time especially at home in front of an expectant crowd I do think he does need time and i for me if we were ever sending anyone out on loan I would actually rather it be Jack Simpson and that's he's the kind of player I would go send on loan to another Scottish Premier League team that's where I guess uh, obviously I, I, I don't know in comparison to the professionals but for me that's where you look at a guy like Jack Simpson Go, well, actually he would be better so he'd go out on loan to another Scottish Premier League team whereas Cattix, for example it's a different ball game ideally he goes to a foreign outfit or something you want him to get up to the pace of the game. But I don't think that's gonna happen. We are gonna go with him and I think it is just about giving him time and and hoping that what Gerard McAllister Beal see of of him and giving our faith to put him in the team, he, he's gonna show that on the on the par.
2: He does need time, uh he does. And I think he's always been clear, he's a project player. You know, he's some somebody who was brought in to be your starting centre half, and even challenging for that within the first Year or eighteen months, but I think Ibrox is a hard place to to develop. Um, and when you you do look that nervy and that uneasy, we we can be a tough old crowd. I, I think you're right. I think um, if there's one point you go out and loan, it it may very well be Jack, Jack Simpson as opposed to Cattage. That would be my opinion. Um, it looks like it'll be otherwise, but I think Cattage has a he has a balance in the bank um, to to even get away with a couple of poor performances here and there, whereas Simpson, everybody's unsure of him. So if he does go to an Aberdeen or something, like for example, um, he can get away with uh, subpar performances here and there, playing kind of average and get into the, while he gets into the rhythm of it, then gets into the rhythm of game time. But I think it's... um, it's one we'll need to wait and see. Obviously, that's, I, I find the I find the management team's opinions pretty much made up here, where it will be Catties thrown out and low and Jack Simpson will be one out of the four. I think
3: when you talk about the it's, it's Ibrook's hard place to settle and all that, but that's the point. If you've got a player that can't settle and really settle quite fast at Ibrook's in front of a crowd, then they're not good enough to play for Rangers, they're not going to get that mindset. I, I don't believe that's probably something that uh, you can just grow. You either have that mindset, and you can deal and handle that pressure or you can't. So if you can't handle it under an expecting crowd at Ibrox, then he's not going to make it a big club. And that's not just Rangers. We're not the only big club with expectant fans. The same will happen down in England. He's just came from a club where they were battling relegation for years, then went into the championship. So, obviously, it's night and day. So, yeah, look, there's a long way to go. I'm not going to write him off, hopefully. Hopefully, he can show he's a, a good player. Nah, hopefully.
2: Finishing on Tuesday, the, the final game too. players, um, I think, needed a good game. um, no need. I, I might be being a bit dramatic here, but it was very beneficial for them to have a good game, um, just to kind of kickstart the the season because it's been stop start for them. Came out and Janis Haji. I thought they too well. I think Bassi they too were my contenders for man of the match. on Friday, um, they just looked a level above, as any Rangers player should. They should look a level above them. Failing, but I think along with Bassey, they they looked a cut above uh, everybody else in the park for the full full time they were on there.
3: Ruth. above all else for me, he is the most... I honestly think at this moment in time for me, uh, with the speculation around Morelos, with what's going on, he is the most important player in our squad demise because a a Roof that plays even a minimum of 75% of games, let's even talk about the league, he will, without question, score 30-plus goals. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind the guy's an absolute goal machine. Now, you you look at the goals, amount of goals he scored last season just in the league for us uh, and the season as a whole and in comparison to how many games he actually missed last season. Um, He had such a stop-start season. Credit to him that he is able to come in and out of the team through whether it's injury or suspension and get right back on it with goals. I mean, that goal, that flick from Ariba into him for, for 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 his first was outrageous I mean it was outrageous and what a finish. It was absolutely brilliant. For me, Ruff, Ruf is the Ruf is the absolute beyond end all this season, depending on what goes on with Morelos. Even if Morelos stays, for me, Ruff always has to start. The guy's an absolute goal machine. So is he have we been wasting him out in the right? Or is it a case of- I don't I don't I don't think we've been wasting him at all. He's got such good balance, great with the ball at his feet. um, Because he's not the tallest, he does have that kind of center of gravity that makes it hard to push him off a ball. I mean, look, at that goal, obviously, don't need an excuse to watch again. But the goal he scored away at Standard Liège, obviously, before he even hit the ball for the halfway line. You look at how he fought off those three players. That is everything about Kemar Roof. Before even, for me, he's without a doubt the best finisher we have. I just don't see how anyone could argue with that. So you keep him fit, keep him happy, keep him out of suspension. We have missed him big time, of course, We're having those um, opening uh, uh, European games for me as much as we missed Kamara. So, yeah, he's, he's massively important. So, yeah, a couple of goals for him, magic, brilliant.
2: And I really hope doesn't well, it. Really, fuck by Christ, I pray, doesn't he? But I would be interested to see. Like I think Ruth is at his best through the middle. I really do. But at the same time, that that right side of midfield is probably still something that's up for grabs. Um, I know Scott Wright's uh, played a few decent games. Haji's um Haji's, Haji's a phenomenal player on his day, but Kmart Ruth can also do probably as good a job out there. I'm wondering, with Roof in the right and in through the middle, is that maybe something that we could maybe start racking up the goals? with if if
3: Morelos was to go, no, no, nah, I just don't, I don't, I don't see it. I think Morelos goes, uh, Roof, Sakala, they are going to be, they are going to be where the goals come from. I think potentially Sakala through the middle all day with these paces probably. Uh, what we'd end up going with most of the time and you would continue maybe to bring Ruth out from the side where he's very comfortable playing and obviously the, the position on the is always taken McKen. That right-hand side is always open to interpretation depending on who we play, whether we talk about Scott Wright, whether we play a Rebo up there, whether Arfield obviously had such a success there kind of a year and a half or so ago. He was solid. We do have plenty of options and that's before you even talk about Giannis Hadji who again yeah, brilliantly came, um, brilliant came on to a game on Friday and got his goal, he definitely needs that and he is one of those confidence players. Look, it's great to have options, even if Morelos leaves. We didn't need to even talk about Morelos, and we've just mentioned five, six players who would all feasibly get a start for every team in our league. So I think it's great to have options, and whether Morelos stays or go, I'm not going to hinge the feelings I have the season ahead on that because I feel like we have such strength and depth up there.
2: No, I agree with you, and I'm still sticking with the party line that I don't, I don't think Rangers necessarily need to sign anybody unless one of the first teamers go. So, but with saying that, if Morelos was to leave, I don't think we need to go and necessarily go and spend millions on a now now guaranteed starter. I think we need to go and buy a, a player. Excuse me. How are we going to go and sign a player who who can challenge for the first team? Um, but I think
3: I'd be comfortable with the options we have. Is we're not going to be left short if we sell Morelos. Like for me, the whole reason Defoe not only was kept but kept within the coaching role is because it all hinges on Morelos. If Morelos stays, Defoe probably merges more into the coaching role for the entire season. Right, we'll maybe not see much of him. Great, he has that influence so behind the scenes. Morelos goes, well, Then in the same position we were last season with those four strikers, Defoe included. Defoe would be used probably about as much as he was last season. In the sense, wasn't very much, probably even less so, because we'd still have um, Sakala, Roof, Itton, and then Defoe's that fourth man. Right now, Defoe's a fifth man, but he's a coach. I feel like it's a win-win situation in that sense. I feel like we still have all that strength and depth. So from a squad, a playing point of view, Morelos going, I just don't see as a disaster, in it, which I know is a bit of a shambolic statement when he is our best player to an extent. I still think we have such strength and depth up there. I don't think if he left, we'd go and buy a striker, for example. I think if we bring somebody in, it's maybe a loan. In midfield or something
2: like that. Nah, I, I definitely want them replaced. But I'm going to put you uh, on the spot. Do you see Rangers, or would you want to see Rangers doing any sort of transfer activity in and out uh, between now
3: and two weeks' time? Only if it's only if it's somebody that's going to literally improve our starting eleven. Somebody that you're like, right, okay, he 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 will walk into our starting eleven. I just. There's no point us adding any more players to a squad that is very competitive, very busy. There's no need to add a squad player as such. I just don't see it. Like if you're looking at a squad player for midfield up, uh, for example, then you can say cheerio with Stephen Kelly getting in and around the squad, for example. Do you know what I mean? Uh up front, I do completely disagree if Morelos went, no, I don't think we'd need that striker. I think we'd be in the position we were last season in terms of numbers. Yes, Los Morelos, but Roof will get us the goals. Roof is fucking class. I think it's more likely if we sign someone, it's going to be uh, a central midfielder who, whether it's a very, very good loan from maybe a, a squad player from a Premier League team, or we spend money on a very decent midfielder. Other than that, I don't know if we're going to do business. I really don't. You know
2: what? I am fucking sick of this guy, Vierman. Um and, and I'll openly say why. Um, <laughs> the rumour started and it was for six, seven million pounds. And suddenly everybody is a fucking European football expert. I'm going to call every one of you out. You've not, nobody's seen him play, right? Nobody really knows too much about him. But now, when the results um, went, went against us, everybody was. Everybody was hailing him as the savior of the season, and they'd done my fucking nothing, um, you know. So if we do sign him, I've already got a grudge against this guy that I've, I've muted his name in Twitter
3: and everything. Um, well, I've no I don't. To I don't. I don't see his signing Verman. When we talk about selling Morelos a replacement coming in, I don't see a direct replacement. What you might see is if we sold Morelos for the money we should get for him, then, then maybe, maybe we invest in a Joey Verman like a central midfielder or something like that. I don't see a direct replacement in that sense. Obviously, if Kamara was to go, then yes, again, you um, would maybe see his go for a Joey Vierman. But I, I don't know if that was just a pie-in-the-sky kind of name that was thrown out there, whether there was really solid interest. I, I don't know.
2: Well, it came from a newspaper, so it's probably bullshit. Um, so, going <laughs> ahead to Thursday, then, uh, Rangers were drawn to Alaska of Armenia, yeah, uh, well, uh, home uh, the first leg away the second leg obviously I don't know why I had to explain that second part I'm gutted I'm missing it um, how are you feeling about this game Graham
3: Thursday night I'm feeling a bit I just I, I don't know a wee bit apprehensive our European form's has obviously been amazing the last uh, couple of seasons I do feel like the pressure's there this game is the most important um, kind of that run like we talk about and they there, good to get momentum the expectation being set and met by the, the players but of course getting in the Europa League I don't think we'll kind of see any movement in or out so to speak until we know whether we're in the group stage of the Europa League in terms of transfers so it is a, it is a big tie look I think what we all want to see is a thumping victory which would mean potentially we can maybe relax a couple of players for the second leg but as we've we've spoke about before in the podcast in the, the last episode what's likely to happen is we'll st- fucking struggle one nil or something like that and have to go to our meeting all you know, guns blazing but no i do think we have we should have enough about is to really put this team at the sob and maybe i would expect five or six changes obviously from the team from friday
2: I, what, what really gave me the fear, um, I think it was uh, Stevie forwards. I was listening, I think he was on one of the pods, and he was, he was saying they're uh, of a similar standard to Dundee, as the most comparable club he'd said. And straight so, yeah, I thought, oh, fuck, man, this has got to be one that comes back and bites us in the arse. Um, just through the 90s and the 90s, um, Rangers against... Uh, <laughs> Against these absolute nobodies has just scarred me for life. But on the flip side, they've been a different animal under Stephen Gerrard in Europe. I think that's uh, I think in the Marmol game is the only real disappointment. Um, well, obviously I've been disappointing, but the real shocking disappointment I can remember under Stephen Gerrard, even the first season where we didn't quite make it through the group stages. We we went to Vienna. You and I were there. Shared uh, shared the same bus. That's how we met. Um, that was we were still punching above our weight then. Then the next season we got to the knockout stages, but we, you know, we were still punching above our weight to get that next stage too far. Last season by a Leverkusen beat by the better team. So Malmo's the only real upset I think we've had under Stephen Gerrard in Europe. And there's nothing suggesting to me that we won't set up right for this game. And I think I find they're very good at. Bouncing back for a setback in Europe, they've shown that before, even before the pandemic hit, where we we were dying in our arse in the league, but we went and pulled the back against Braga. We went and beat Braga away. You know that's where we that's where we find that next level. So I'm um, I'm really expecting a, a big performance, and I think we will get it.
3: Yeah, I hope so. Um, I didn't, uh, I didn't see the comment from Stevie from forward starting out them being similar to Dundee, yes, that does <laughs> that does put a bad fear I got in the arrival, I've
2: been out my bin in Paris Mo and days and in and out of sleep while listening to podcasts and watching telly so um... This may I may have imagined it. Uh, I'm sure I,
3: you. I'm sure you didn't. I, I saw it was uh, Rangers. I want to say it was Rangers' history. though I? The other day. I think they uh, attempted <laughs> attempted to watch some of Alice Skirt's game. and They tweeted that they <laughs> tapped out after 35 minutes, proclaiming <laughs> it was absolutely rotten. So um, I think they. I think they said they dressed the other nine players. though, but listen, they're obviously going to be up for the game. Uh, they've in essence, I feel like the the danger with this one is they've not got into lose. They have got into a group stage of a European competition for the first time in their history. Obviously, if we beat them, they're now in the Europa Conference uh, League Uh, and if they win, they're in the Europa League. So listen, the Europa League is their absolute um, number one prize but no matter what happens, they've it's a success for them. One million percent. They've absolutely knocked out of the park from their point of view. So that's that for me is the danger more than anything. So yeah, look, we need we need a big performance. Big performance from our fans again. And yeah, fingers crossed we can we can really put a few goals past them and just kind of settle everyone's nerves because getting into the Europa League like this season now is just so important. It really is, especially when we look at uh, the runs we went on the last two seasons and the money that brings. If we can get into it, brilliant. So,
2: I think there's, there's probably a few obvious starters um, that bad and disaster, touch wood, they'll be on the pitch. Alan McGregor, Connor Golson, James Tavenier. I've got to put you on the spot here. Um, give me your your centre-back pairing up with Golson and has Calvin Bassett done enough to get himself a start at left-back?
3: Hlander uh, and Goldson and Bassett left-back.
2: I, I I, prefer Hlander over Balogun. I, I, I'm never unhappy when Balogun plays, but I just think at that, that step above. I, I would play Bassey, I think, on form, and not just from that family game. I thought he played really well against Livingston as well, and Bassett just just really looked a bit jaded. I think he, he still needs a bit more of I I don't know if it's a rest or if he has to get back up to mass sharpness, but he doesn't look a hundred percent. Well, he didn't against Marmo anyway. Um, I, I'd be more than comfortable with, with Calvin Bassey. Obviously, I'm biased because I fancy the fuck out of the boy. Um, Glenn Kamara is back, back uh, thankfully, and Stephen Davis, who you really have in the in the in the right side of uh, midfield role.
3: I think, I think Aribo stays in the middle three. I think uh, Lundström will probably drop out for Davis. I would be surprised if Aribo dropped out. I, f- I think we'd spoke about it where, especially first half against Malmo, I think myself and Graham Curry did thought, Yeah, he was pretty sensational. Again, he was... He was excellent against Dunfermline. I don't think we can afford to drop him. I think when he's in inspired form, there's, there's a sense of him actually being a bit untouchable to an extent. Like he's just that kind of player where if he's at the top of his confidence and he's feeling it, then oh my God. I feel like, yes, he could be somebody in the middle three that we ask to just kind of drift forward, push forward, cause, cause their defensive issues. I think obviously Mirellos comes back um for Ruth, Kent comes back and then it's a difficult one probably to right, maybe right starts.
2: I'm the, I'm going on the exact same team as you apart from Haji. I think um I, I can't see this being a, a kick and rush kind of game. Um where I think if we need to go very direct to right man for it, but I think I think it'll be more picking out the passes and being being sensible and cutting cutting the defence and I think Haji's Haji and Aribo and and Kent all on the one one field for that. I think that's the winning formula for me.
3: I think that's gross, no matter what formula it is, we we win by three or four. That's that's what I hope. Go
2: on, give me a prediction.
3: Three 0 Three 0 the famous you know the famous I'm going to, to go
2: 4 um, now. I'm going to do a Graham Curry and predict um, Joe are able to scroll in the 17th minute I don't know why he all, he's always adamant that he, he predicts a goal scorer and a minute I don't know if he sticks the money on but aye Joe are able first goal scorer he'll hear first
3: Great I mean we'll, we'll always look back on this once we're we're holding a lot of the Europa League trophy in <laughs> a few months time and this is where it all started <laughs>
2: Honestly, see, last week, man, I was so inspired. I went over and just like I had simply the best on repeat. Fucking before I put this up, you know, you you had my heart pumping. Not for the first time. <laughs> on that note, um, I think we'll call it a day. There, game. Um, thanks very much for joining me, as always. No, thanks for having me, even in your wounded state. This has been the the absolute highlight of my week, man. Um, getting to see, getting to see another human being, albeit through a screen. Um, as always, listeners, let us know what you think. On follow, follow Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Uh, we'll post it everywhere. And thank you very much for listening. Take care.